Well, hey, Faith Church, if you got a Bible, Genesis 2 is where we're going to be, and we're going to get there pretty quick, so get it out or turn it on. Go right there to the beginning of your Bible to Genesis chapter 2, and I hope you don't mind, we're going to use a whole bunch of Bible today. So a number of years ago, we were on vacation, and we were at Disneyland, happiest place on earth, and our oldest child was, I think she was about two or three at the time, and it was our last night of vacation, and so we decided that we were going to stay for the fireworks show. Every night at closing, Disneyland has this this epic fireworks show, and it's kind of late. It was past her bedtime, so up to this point in our vacation, we hadn't stayed, but we thought, ah, it's the last night what the heck, we will we'll stay and watch it. And so we find our spot, we get set up where we're gonna watch the fireworks. And she's excited, and we're really excited for her. We can't wait to see the look on her face. And the anticipation is building, and we're kind of just waiting. And then we felt it, that thump. And you see that first firework go up into the sky, and then boom! And one after the other, they just keep going. Different colors, different shapes. They even have fireworks that that are in the shape of Mickey Mouse's ears. It's so cool. And we were so excited. I'm holding my daughter. And I look down because I want to watch her. For me, it's about watching her. And I know she's going to be mesmerized. And so I look down at her. And she is out cold. I mean, that kind of sleep, head flop back, just mouth open, just gone to the world. Fireworks are going off, kids are screaming, people are ooing and aahing, and she is just gone. I mean, kids can sleep. When they're tired, they can sleep through anything. When I was a kid, I slept through an earthquake. Woke up in the morning, I was like, what happened? My folks were like, there was an earthquake. Huh, there's something about kids that they can sleep like this, and whatever it is that kids feel, that causes them to relax like that, whatever confidence they have, that they can find that sort of rest and peace. I believe God wants you to have that same kind of rest, not in terms of sleep, but in your life that you would experience a soulful peace and rest. That even when fireworks are going off and earthquakes are happening, that you could find in your soul contentment and peace and stillness and rest. Today I wanna show you how to have that kind of rest. So we're in this sermon series, we've gone back to the beginning, back to the creation story, and we're asking questions about why God made human beings. Human beings are different than every other part of creation, and so what is our purpose? And I think that part of our purpose is to experience a life of peace and a life of rest, that when everything is chaotic and frantic and falling apart, that somehow we would still have rest. So Genesis chapter two, we're at really the end of the creation story. God has made the heavens, he's made the earth, he's made really everything, the plants, the animals, he's even made human beings. He gets to the end and I want you to see what God does. Listen to this, Genesis 2, start right at the beginning there in verse one, it says this. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished, circle that word, finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he, listen to this, underline this, he rested from all his work. 
Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God makes everything that we see. He makes trees and plants and animals and oceans and and mountains and the sky. He makes it all. And then it says that he does what? It says that God rests. And it doesn't mean that he goes to sleep. It doesn't mean God is like, man, I am exhausted from all that creating. I I need to just punch the clock. I need to check out, put my feet up for the weekend and just relax. No, the word rested here, it means to cease. It means to stop. It means that God created everything. He made plants and animals. He made, he formed the earth. He made mountains. And then he stopped. He stopped from creating. He just ceased and he rested. Why would God rest? This is actually really important to understand why God can rest at the end of creation. God rests because everything is finished and everything was perfect. God's not taking a nap. This is about about achievement. This is about being done. He goes, it's perfect. I'm done. Everything is just how he wanted it to be. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing else that he needs to do. And so he just stops and he steps back and he kind of just takes it in and he rests. He stops creating so that he can rest. Isn't there something about finishing a project? You finish something and there's just, there's just a moment where you get to enjoy it, where you just get to step back and you get to rest. You get done mowing the lawn, right? And you have a bunch of other yard work to do, but just for a moment, you you stand out at the street and you look at your work and those lines that go back and forth where the grass changes color, and it's beautiful and it's, it's cool, right? And you just rest because what you've done, it's, it's finished. Or if you like to cook, you make a big dinner. You make the Thanksgiving meal and it's chaotic. For hours, you got the turkey in the oven and you're trying to get all the lumps out of the mashed potatoes and you're stirring the gravy and making the stuffing and trying to get the, the table set so it's all right. And it's crazy. And then there's just a moment. Yeah, the dishes still have to happen, but there's a moment in there where you just get to rest. You stop and you take it all in. The work is done. The meal is prepared and you can rest. You have a big project at school or at work. And it's crazy, and you're, you're running up to the deadline, and it's due tomorrow. And then there's that moment where you can just stop and rest. Does God need to rest? Is he so tired from all the creating that he just needs a break? No. But his work is perfect. There's nothing that needs to be done. There's nothing that needs to be added to it. There's nothing lacking. It's perfect, and so God rests. And I have to say, if, if, if that was all this passage was about, if that was all it said, it would be enough. It would tell us about a God that is so incredible, that is so deserving of our worship because he made all of this. And at the first try, he got it right. He made everything and it fits together so perfectly. All the laws of science work perfectly together. And, and everything about it is right. And the, the earth spins just right. And it orbits around the sun just right. So all the days and the seasons and everything work out perfectly. And, and the sun is the, the right amount from the, from the earth. And so it's heated right. And everything is right. And gravity works. And it's not too strong or too weak. We don't float away. But the sky doesn't come crashing down. And everything about creation is perfect. First try, 
God has done. And if that is all this passage said, I would tell you that's enough. That is enough to praise God with everything that we have, that he's that good, that he's that incredible. But I think there's something even more going on here. I think there are a couple of things happening beyond just God resting. And I wanna show you those things. I'll just tell you what they are right now and then we'll, we'll get into them. The first thing that I think is incredible that's happening here when God rests is I think that God is telling a story that he's foreshadowing Jesus. That God would do all his work, declare it as finished, declare it as done, and rest is a picture of what's to come in the work of Jesus. I'll show you that in a minute. The other thing that I think is going on is that God is telling us that he designed us, part of our purpose, he designed us to rest. God is setting a model for us. Remember we saw a couple weeks ago that we are made in God's image. We're made to reflect him, to be like him in so many ways. And so I think God is setting a model. He's showing us how to rest. And so what I wanna do today is I wanna talk to you if you're someone who's tired, if you're someone who is anxious and frustrated, and maybe, let's just say it, you've lost some of your joy. See, I don't think that that's the life that God designed you for. So I wanna talk today about how you can experience that rest. If you're tired, if you've lost some joy and some peace in your life, I wanna, I wanna talk to you today about how you can regain that, how you can have that life that God designed you for. But first, let's, let's talk about Jesus here. So I said that God is foreshadowing Jesus just like God does his work and it's perfect and he rests. Jesus is going to do the exact same thing. He's gonna have the exact same pattern. So somewhere after God creates this, this perfect world that we've talked about, it's majestic, it's amazing. He makes us, he puts us in the world and he gives us choices. He gives us the, all, all kinds of choices. We make choices every day, small and large. God gives us choices. He gives us this free will, and we make a choice. We make a choice that we think we know better than God. We wanna go our own way. We wanna sort of plot our own course, and so we make a choice. We make a choice to sin, and we bring sin and brokenness into the world. But God sends Jesus and Jesus is perfect, but Jesus comes to, comes to the earth and he lives this perfect life, but he dies on a cross. He dies a sinner's death to pay for your sins and for mine. And remember, I said that God's pattern is a foreshadowing of Jesus. Do you remember when Jesus was on the cross? Do you remember his last few words as he's hanging there on the cross? He says what? He says these words. He says, it is finished. He declares all of the work as done and perfect. Just like in Genesis 2, when God steps back from creation, he goes, it's done. It's perfect. And then he rests. Jesus does the same thing. He declares on the cross the work that he has done. It's completed, it's finished, and it is perfect. And then just like God rests, what does Jesus do? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus, after his death and resurrection, he ascends to heaven and he sits down next to the Father. He rests because the work is done. It's perfect. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for our sins, and he is the only sacrifice that is sufficient 
to pay for our sins. And so in both cases, we see this God back at creation and then Jesus at, at, at the cross, that the work is done. There are no loose ends to tie up. It's not like that project you have at your house right now where there's like, it's almost done, but you gotta touch up that paint. You gotta hang one more thing or one more trip to the hardware store, right? It's not like that. It's done. God at creation, it's perfect, it's done. And Jesus on the cross, he says, my work is finished and they rest. And because you and I are made in the image of God, we're called to be, we're designed to be like him. We're called to imitate Christ. You and I also are supposed to experience rest. And again, when I say rest, I'm not talking about inactivity or laziness or sleep. I'm talking about in our lives, a soulful contentment, a peace, a rest. God did not create you to wander through this world full of angst, lost, tripping your way in the darkness. He created you to have peace, to experience rest. I don't know about you though, for me that, that sort of begs an important question. I feel, I feel like I gotta ask, okay then, what are we missing? Right, because I think for so many of us, is it fair to say our lives aren't entirely defined by rest? Sure, we experience some rest, but don't we also experience stress, anxiety, and we're just, we're just tired, right? Just exhaustion and, and, and frustration. And so I, I hear that and I go, well, what am I missing? If God designed me for this, this life of rest, he wants me to experience peace in my soul, even when everything's kind of falling apart, that I could still have this, this rest. Am I doing something wrong? What am I missing in that? How do I get that life? And incredibly, the Bible actually answers that for us. So flip over to Hebrews chapter three. Go there, Hebrews is in the New Testament, and it's gonna tell us how we find rest and peace. While you're turning there, we need just a little bit of a history lesson, okay? So here's the deal. In the Old Testament, there's a group of people, they're called the Israelites, right? They're God's people. And God tells the Israelites that he has a future for them. He has a plan for them. He's going to take them to a place called the promised land. And the promised land is this incredible place. It's full of goodness. The Bible describes it as flowing with milk and honey, which just conjures up these images of, of good food and wealth and fertile farmland and just rest, a life of, of peace and rest. And that's what God designed the Israelites for, and that's what he wants them, to take them to the promised land. By the way, I know that this is a little bit heavy today. I feel it, I'm sure you do too. Stick with me, okay? We're, we're going deep here for a few minutes, stick with me. So the Israelites, the promise for rest is there, but they haven't experienced it yet. In fact, quite the opposite. The Israelites have been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. But God rescues them from Egypt, he delivers them out, and he's taking them, finally, he's taking them to the promised land, this place of goodness that they've been waiting for, this place of rest and peace. And so as they get closer, the Israelites, they wanna know more about it. They wanna know what's this promised land really all about? And so they send spies into the promised land to report back what they see. And the spies come back and they give this report to the leadership and they say, yeah, it's really, it's just as promised. It is beautiful 
And there is all kinds of farmland and all kinds of just good stuff. In fact, they bring back fruit that the Israelites have never even seen before. Like, check this out. But there's also nations and there are armies and there are warriors. And so the spies, some of the spies get scared. So they go to some of the other Israelites and they start to spread these rumors. They, st- they tell these stories of, of armies. They tell stories, they say there are giants in the land. They paint a picture of almost like these mythical creatures. And so the people get scared and they go, well, you're not going in there. We're not going in the promised land. And so they decide not to, even though God had, had been preparing them for this and they had waited for this moment to go into the promised land. They go, no, 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 we're, we're not going in there. That sounds too scary. We'll just stay out here. And so many of them really, they kind of chicken out and they decide not to go into this place, even though God had promised them a life of goodness that included rest. They go, no, we're not doing that. So God says, okay. That's fine, but your entire generation is going to miss out on the promised land. You're going to miss out on this life of peace and rest. And Hebrews 3 and 4 tell us what is going on behind the scenes. Kind of pulls back the curtain for us and explains to us why these people missed out on this life of rest. And it kind of shows us, gives us a glimpse into maybe how we cannot miss out on rest. How do we avoid the same mistake? They missed out on the rest of the promised land. How do we miss out on, not miss out on this rest that God has promised us? Listen to, listen to what Hebrews 3 says. This is God speaking. God says, so, so this is why, verse 10, this is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are, are always going astray. They have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger that they shall never enter my rest. They're not going into the promised land, right? We just talked about that. Jump down to verse 19, and the author of Hebrews summarizes it for us. It says, so we see that they were not able to enter the promised land. Listen to this. Because of their unbelief. And what I want us to see is that the Bible explains why we might miss out on experiencing rest. It explains maybe why our lives are full of angst and anxiety and frustration and why we're never satisfied and why nothing is good enough and we're afraid of things. The Bible explains it. These are not my words. These are God's words. You don't like them, you can take them up with him. But the Bible says that possibly the reason we don't experience rest is because of unbelief. Now listen, that's what this just said, the Israelites missed out on going into the promised land, on experiencing peace and rest. Why? Because they didn't believe. Remember, God designed them for the promised land. He had promised he's taking them to rest. And remember, we're made in the image of God. We're supposed to experience rest like he does. But they couldn't believe. They couldn't believe that God could get them from where they were into the promised land safely. They saw the nations, they saw these fortified cities, they saw warriors, they saw these giant people and they said, no, God can't get us in there safely. Even though God had promised it, he'd promised it. They didn't believe it. For five or 600 years at this point, God had told the Israelites, if you will trust me, I'll get you to the promised land. 
and you will experience a life of peace and goodness and rest, but they don't trust him. They don't, and so God says it's your unbelief. Your unbelief is going to cause you to miss out on peace and rest if you would just trust me. I will give you peace. It doesn't mean everything's gonna be perfect in the promised land, but I will give you rest. And I love what the author of Hebrews does with this story. He takes this story. By the way, fun fact, we don't know who the author of Hebrews is. We know who a lot of the authors are of all the other books in the Bible, but we don't know. We're not sure who the author of Hebrews is. So just fun fact for your day. That one's free of charge. You can have that one. The author of Hebrews takes this story, I love this, out of the Old Testament and brings it into the New Testament and then takes this story and just drills it into your life and mine. And the author says that you are designed to experience rest. Don't miss out. You are designed to be like a child in their father's arms who when everything is going crazy, fireworks are going off, the world is collapsing, nothing makes sense that you at a soul level could experience peace and rest and contentment as you go through life. That's what you're made for. And the author of Hebrews is saying, do not miss out on that because that's what God has for you. That's what God wants for you. So how do we find it? How do we find that kind of rest? If you are tired, if you're worn out, if you've lost some of your joy and your life is not characterized by peace and rest, I want you to listen up because Hebrews tells us how we can experience rest. Gives us a couple ways. Write a couple things down. First, it's this. Is that rest comes through a relationship with Jesus. So here's the deal. We're all trying. We're all working really hard. We're trying to do our best, right? We're trying to make good decisions. We're trying to get ahead of, in life. We're trying to learn. We're trying to be successful. We're trying to be a good person and, and, and leave a, a, a legacy and do good things. We all want that. But so often that kind of thinking flows over into how we think about God. We gotta impress God. We gotta do a bunch of, of good things for God. If I can just do enough good things, if I can just sort of clean myself up, tidy my act up a little bit, if I can just stop cussing and drinking and gossiping and looking at porn and whatever, if I could just stop doing those things, then, then you know what I mean, I'll be better than most people and that'll be good enough for God, right? And so we work and we work and we try and clean ourselves up and we try and we try, we try to fix ourselves. We try to impress God and it's exhausting. And the truth is it doesn't work. But listen to this, listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews 4.10 says that anyone who enters God's rest, listen, also rests from their works just as God did from his. Meaning, you can stop. You can stop trying to impress God. You can just stop trying to earn your salvation. You can stop trying to do good things so that you get back to even with God. You can just 
stop. Because when Jesus died on the cross, all of that work was done, finished. That was it. Finished in such a way that he rested. And if you're watching today and you have not experienced rest like this in your life, if you've never experienced soulful, peaceful rest, I want you to listen up for a minute. Listen to this. Listen to what Hebrews 4, 1 says. Therefore, since the promise of entering God's rest still stands, meaning just like God wanted the Israelites to experience rest and peace, he wants the same thing for you today. Since that promise still stands, it says, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. And so I have to tell you, it is, it is my obligation to tell you, if you want rest, if you want peace in your life, the only way that you will experience rest for this life and for eternity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have not placed your faith in Jesus, you you can't experience rest. And I know maybe for some of you, you go, that sounds really exclusive. It sounds like this, this little club. No, it's not. The door is wide open. Jesus says, anyone, walk through and experience rest. If you've never done that, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, I want to give you a chance to do that. You see, the Israelites missed out on the promised land. They missed out on rest because of unbelief. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on the rest that God designed for you. They refused to believe that God could meet all their needs. They said, we'll just, we'll do it ourselves. We'll plot our own course. Don't do that. Don't make that same mistake. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, all who are tired, all who are weary and burdened, come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You can make that decision today and God will give you rest. I'm gonna give you a chance to do that in just a few minutes. But what about those of us? What about those of us that have chosen to follow Jesus and yet we still go, you know, our life is, it's not totally defined by peace and rest. We've lost some of our joy. How do we get it back? Why are we not experiencing rest but we're experiencing Frustration and exhaustion. What are we missing? Stay here in Hebrews. It's got the answers for us. Between chapters three and four, the author quotes a psalm from the Old Testament. Quotes it three times. It's Psalm 95. It's describing what was going on in the Israelites' hearts when they refused to go into the promised land. What led to their unbelief? What led to them missing out on rest? Listen to this. Hebrews 3, verse 7, quoting Psalm 95, says, Today, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your hearts. Christ follower, I wonder if the reason that you're not experiencing God's rest, why your life is so full of angst and confusion and there's no peace, I wonder if what you're missing is a soft heart. Write this down, rest grows when my heart is soft and I can hear God's voice. 
Christ follower, some of you, your hearts are so hard. They've become so calloused. Life has worn you down so much that you're not hearing or feeling anything from God right now. You, you, you feel like God is so distant. And let's be honest, this COVID, this pandemic stuff hasn't helped. You've thought and done and said some stuff in the last six months that you're not proud of. You feel like God is so far off and your heart is hard. It's beyond bruised. It's calloused now in a way that if, if God spoke to you, I don't even know if you'd hear it. It might just bounce off. Your heart is so hard. And so you can't experience this life of rest that God designed for you because his rest depends on his work and his love. And you, your heart is so hard, you can't even receive it. But it's there. And while we might not experience God's full rest this side of eternity, we can experience some level of it now, but your heart has to be soft. Listen to Psalm 127. It says the Lord gives sleep or rest to those that he loves. So in just a moment, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask God and I'm gonna give you a chance to ask God soften your heart today because maybe lately your life has been full of stress, confusion, frustration. Maybe you're just tired and it's starting to impact the way that you treat people and talk to people and, and think about people. Maybe it's starting to impact the way that you even think about yourself. We're gonna pray today and we're gonna ask God to help us start over. Ask him to soften our hearts. Some of you, you need, a, you need a reboot. You need a do-over today. And so we're gonna ask God to give us that. We're gonna ask him to soften our heart, that he would lead us into rest. We're gonna ask him to help us believe again today that we can trust him, that he's good, that he's on the throne, and he wants rest for you and I today. Before that, quickly, before we pray, I wanna tell you about something that we're starting. You know, one of the ways that we, we hear from God is by reading our Bibles. And I'm super passionate about Bible reading. I talk to so many of you, and I, I hear your frustrations, and I hear your struggles sometimes. I hear you say, you know, I, I honestly, I, I wanna read my Bible, but I don't know how, I don't know where to start. Or you say, you know, I don't, I don't get much out of it. So I wanna help with that. So here's what we're doing, starting this week and for the next number of weeks, we're going to read our Bibles together. We're gonna start something called, let's read our Bibles together. And, and we're gonna do just that. We're gonna jump into a reading plan and it's gonna be totally manageable, the pace of it. You're gonna be able to handle this. We're going to read First Peter. We're gonna do it together as a church family. And each week there's gonna be a video that goes along with it that's gonna teach you, that's gonna show you how to read your Bible, that's gonna help you. If you're somebody who's going, man, I wanna read my Bible, but you know, I don't always know how, I don't know where to start. I wanna help you. So we're gonna jump into that together. There's gonna be lots of videos and there's gonna be music and there's gonna be additional scripture reading if you want it, but I hope you'll jump into that with us. So. Look for it in your email or go on our website, faithchurchlv.com, and I hope you'll grab that content and I hope you will jump into that with me and let's read our Bibles together over these next number of weeks as a church family. I think it will be, I think it'll be great. Would you bow your head with me and just close your eyes? And right now, 
whether you're in your living room or your dining room, you're maybe in your car listening, wherever you are, would you just tell God what's on your heart? Would you tell him what's weighing you down? Would you ask him to give you rest? If you're watching today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you've not put your faith in him, but you want a life of peace, you want a life of rest, you want to follow him today. There's no magical process, there's no formula, there's no special prayer, there's no ritual. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved, you will be forgiven of your sins, be given a clean slate for life, and you'll be given eternal life. Do it right now. Don't wait. Tell God you believe that Jesus died and rose again to pay for your sins and you want to experience rest and joy. You want to follow him. God, the psalmist wrote, search us, know our hearts, cleanse us, and lead us in the way everlasting. God, help us to have soft hearts that we could follow your lead. And give us, God, the kind of rest that can endure hardship and lead us in your ways everlasting. It's through Christ I pray. Amen.